It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. You are joining us on the Wrestling Inc. podcast after AEW Dynamite all across the Wrestling Inc. platforms here on this channel, whether it be YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, or Facebook. We thank you if you're checking out the audio afterwards. We appreciate you there, too. I'm Justin LeVar coming to you live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She is looking like she always does as a demon diva coming to you from Puerto Rico. And he is looking as he always does counting the three up in Toronto, Canada, Mr. Jimmy Corderas, demon diva, Isa, uh, guys, how are you doing tonight? Isa? I'm good. I'm good. I, good. I, I'm great. Actually. Warlow won a title. So I'm, I'm cloud there, right now. Ah, uh, uh, I, 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 we will definitely talk about that. And, and, uh, up here in Canada, we were doing. We had a nice day up here. Uh, not too hot, not too cold. It was just in the wheelhouse. Loved it. Just in the wheelhouse. Good to hear it. Isa, how's the weather in Puerto Rico? It seems like it's been kind of a crazy last few times I talked to you. It's hot, but right now there's a little bit of a storm outside. So if you hear some lightning, thundering, and all that stuff, that's what's going on outside right now. Okay. All right. Well, stick with us. Don't get knocked off the air or anything. We don't want the yeah. The storm to be interrupting the, the mm-hmm. podcast. Stay safe with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the chat room already lit up. We love it. Thank you very much. Uh, AEW Dynamite tonight from Rochester, New York. We'll get to Dynamite, but as we like to do, let's uh, start it up with some news items that you can read about on WrestlingInc.com. And this one starts with uh, the lady known as Paige, or at least only for a few more hours, or maybe by the time you're listening to this, she's officially not Paige. Uh, a longtime veteran WWE uh, I don't want to say diva because she certainly um, moved, helped move the um, the industry past that generation. But the women's performer, the NXT women's champion, and of course she was a divas champion, very big deal. Paige um, uh, penning her goodbye to the WWE Universe uh, in the Players Tribune. Um, uh, her contract expires uh, as of Thursday, I believe, is, is what we know. So she is no longer with WWE. And uh, won't le- won't read the full thing. You can go check it out for yourself. I'll just read just a little little bit of it to kind of give you a feel for it. Uh, she talks about how uh, she says, "quote When I first got to WWE, we weren't very far removed from the time of bra and panty matches. A lot of people still considered the women's match on every show to be the pee break. And I'll always feel such a kinship with the women of my era because we work so damn hard to prove ourselves, to prove that we couldn't just wrestle." We could wrestle our asses off. Uh, she'd go on to talk about, uh, you know, her rise and who she worked with in, w- in NXT and WWE. And then she'd talk about her downfall, uh, uh, popping a drug test, a sex tape leaking, um, her neck uh, injury, uh, and then talking about her return to TV and getting to make her in-ring retirement announcement. Uh, so really, really illustrates her up and down. Uh, we talk about Diva. I'll start with the Demon Diva. Issa, your reaction to Paige. Uh, and her, she's still technically retired, uh, at least if you consider the character pages. Do we see Soraya pop up somewhere else? Uh, and what do you make of her legacy that she has thus far in the business? As far as her popping up somewhere else, as long as it's safe and, and medically clear to do so, I worry about their well-beings more than I worry about, you know, a ticket sale and seeing her one more time. And she's okay. We've seen so many stories of so many wrestlers who we thought their careers were over being able to make a comeback. So if she can do that, that would be great. Um, as far as her legacy, yeah, she she marks a time where things really change for women's professional wrestling. And that's going to be something that I'm always thankful for and, and and look up to, you know, it's, it's some of the things that I, I didn't care for women's wrestling for a very long time. And I feel like her arrival and, and some of the things that she started doing started creating a buzz that 
you know, started the, the women's revolution, evolution, whatever they, they were calling it at that time. And now it is so normal to see the women main event, to see the women put on a five-star match, to see the women's put on a classic. And I, and I personally think that a lot of that is thanks to Paige. So I feel like even if we don't see her in WWE television anymore, she's not going to be forgotten. There's a movie about her life mm-hmm. <laughs> being made, you know, that you can, you can go and watch, which is a great movie. I actually really enjoyed it. Overall, thank you, Paige, for everything that you did. It's, it's so sad that her career ended at such a young age that I really do hope that there is some kind of way that she can make a comeback. But regardless, for her to, to leave such a legacy in such a short period of time and, you know, the things that she had to deal with, it, it was it was a rough time. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad that she was able to overcome all of that and still have her legacy as being a great professional wrestler. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, you've been around for a long time. You've seen the best of the best. You've seen... Uh, little of the pack, and you've and you've seen some of the not so great. I mean, in her time, she debuts the night after Mania on the main roster. I remember being there in New Orleans and that pop when she beats AJ. You know, she has a huge debut, helps transcend the literally transcend the business of women wrestling uh, in WWE. And look, WWE is the leader of the industry, whether people like that or not. That is, you know, that's that's the business dictates what it is dictated by mm-hmm. what they set up to do. Has this incredible debut in Rise. Uh, has the rise she does, has the fall she does, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. deals with a lot of adversity, you, you know, injury, drug tests, sex tape leak, a very public and ugly relationship with Alberto Del Rio, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has, has, has a Hollywood, not just a movie, not just like a B-list movie mm-hmm. that's getting shopped around a movie fest, a major Hollywood budget that The Rock is executive producer of and, and cameos in. So, I mean, it does all that, and she's not even 30 Jimmy, what 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 else is there to do? I don't know what you can do to surpass what she has already done. And like Isa and, and you said, Justin, she did help transcend women's wrestling and change the uh, the perception of it. Especially as someone who who was thrown into gravy bowls, literally in during gravy bowl matches. I mean, uh, it it was a nice refreshing change to see someone someone like. Uh, Paige, I'm going to call her Paige, um, help that transition to women's wrestling where it was looked upon kind of like, and I hate to go back this far because I get, I did get to work with people like the fabulous Moolah and, uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, and uh, Velvet McIntyre and those, th- that ilk, you know what I mean? So seeing her flourish and, 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 you know, succeed in what she did. It, it, it was nice and it was refreshing. And the other refreshing thing is the fact that she's not re-signing with WWE, but she's not going out and doing this public uh, finger pointing and all that stuff. She, it's a it's it's a bit of a thank you letter as well to WWE for allowing her to live her dream. And that is a nice refreshing change too. So whatever she decides to do, like Isa said, I hope she does it safely. I, you know, the health and welfare of 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 her is first and foremost. So. If she is okay to get back in the ring somewhere else, all I care about is her safety more than anything. But thank you, Paige. Thank you for being professional. Thank you for being a, a trendsetter and helping transition the women's division the way you did. Yeah, and again, you can go read the full thing. It's um, written at the Players' Tribune. We have a few more uh, excerpts from it on Wrestling Inc. But yeah, she is very, very thankful and appreciative. Names a lot of women. Names uh, Triple H and Stephanie and some other coaches. Um you know, again, very, and even even and even notes that like, you know, WWE continued to have her under contract and pay her for a lot longer than what they probably really needed to, in the sense of 
you know, she just hasn't been doing anything for them anymore. So mm-hmm. that's really good on her that that they if they had the good if they had the good favor to continue to pay her and let her contract run out that you know she have at least you know like I said be, be professional on the way out if you if you do have any grudges still with anybody handle them behind closed doors um I don't know what she does but I'll say this all this talk of how much she's done in the last uh you know decade she'd make a fascinating podcast subject so uh won't hurt your neck doing that so just uh, there you go throwing that out there I'm sure she's already uh I'm sure she's already fielded uh, mm-hmm. that that request uh super chat from the tornado anthony y so isa is there a storm coming in your area it's a storm not a tornado i don't think we got tornadoes down here but i'm pretty sure the threat is still high anthony y you know what i saw on tv the other day i didn't realize they were making the is there on the fifth one sharknado talk about tornadoes oh you ever see this one i think they made like 10 of them yes yeah, oh, really? wasn't one of them chris jericho wasn't one of the sharknadoes come on well, the one the one I... film the one, I mean, I, I saw the very first one. I remember the cult classic. The one I watched the day, I think it was the fifth one, had John Morrison had a cameo in it. Yeah. Sorry, not, uh, I talked about Wheelhouse earlier when it came to weather. Sharknado's not in my wheelhouse, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Jim. You, you, <laughs> we'll fill you in later. It's okay. 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 Uh, the other story here, a little bit of controversy in the wrestling world as it relates to a startup promotion. So we've been hearing in the news about this um, wrestling entertainment series, WES for short. Now, they're supposed to make their inaugural show debut in June. It got pushed back. It was supposed to be then this Saturday, July 9th. <clears throat> well, now that's not going to happen. They posted on their Twitter, their official Twitter, Dear fans and followers, unfortunately, we will have to cancel the event scheduled for the Saturday at the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, England. We are deeply disappointed in the news that we have to share, but with so many talent not showing up, we will have no choice then to cancel the event. Our team worked so hard on this event day in and out for the fans to come with a different type of wrestling event and believe that we will still be able to show that in the near future. We do want to say that all of our talent that was scheduled have been paid in full and that they refer to her real name, Nia Jax, was paid her deposit as well while she changed her mind and did not want to show up and wrestle anymore. For now, we will have to apologize for this, but we will promise that it will not end here. See you soon. That is meant with great response. Uh, uh, Nia Jax on Twitter earlier had called out, um, saying, take my name off this poster. I- I'm not on this poster. I'm not at the show. Don't buy a ticket expecting to see me. And then after this statement from the, the wrestling, the WES, uh, a lot of people popping up. Braun Strowman, who's not even on the show, he acknowledged Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, quote tweeting this and, and and Braun said straight garbage just to try and blame talent not showing up I'm not a stooge but the truth <laughs> will come out y'all are good at finding it Josh Alexander saying be better if you love wrestling leave it to the pros or actually do what you say you're going to do uh, wrestlers no showing ain't ever going to be a thing maybe one or two but not enough to warrant canceling a show uh, the former eight in English says talent not showing up what a laugh Chelsea Green fires at it Lindsay Dorado fires at it uh, and this, I think, Jimmy, this is the promotion that, um, you know, look, first of all, it was supposed to be at a 10,000 seat arena. They, they apparently they'd only sold like 350 tickets. Um, yeah. so that's a little fishy that to have that stacked of a card and that's all that you sold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is the promotion that like is at least it's being word is founded by the former authors of pain, that tag team. Now, I don't know if they are the actual money behind it. Or if they're just the wrestler faces of it, and there's a money person behind it. But uh, <laughs> what a terrible launch off the ground! Yeah, it's definitely not a great debut, that's for sure. And when you have 
that many talents that you allegedly had scheduled to appear on your show firing back at you, maybe that's something to take into consideration. I don't want to point a finger of blame because I don't know the behind the scenes and exactly what is going on. But at the same time, where there is smoke, there is fire. And for the former Nia Jax to come out and say, take me off the poster, I'm, you know, you're booking me and I wasn't, you know, saying what she said. Uh, something just seems off here. And again, startup promotion, booking a 10,000, allegedly booking a 10,000 seat building and selling only 350 seats. And like you said, Justin, there were some big names on there that it just, something sounds off here. And I'm like, I don't want to be one of the people pointing the finger of blame, but uh, WES kind of sounds like they're trying to protect their own assets right now. Look, we've done live podcasts and meet and greets here in the podcast world on WrestleMania weekend and such. We, we could have the three of us booked in England. The, the, the fans over there are wonderful. They, they're, they're always jealous that they have to travel all the way over here to, to be part of the wrestling culture in America. If, if the three of us decided to take the wrestling podcast over there, maybe we throw Raj in the mix. We would sell 350 tickets. So, I I mean, Issa alone for meet and greet. I, so, I, I, there has to be some kind of a of a of a of a, of a dipsy do going on here. Am I am I wrong, Isa? No, you're not wrong. I feel like this entire uh, company just started in, on a bad note, right? They put out such an incredible card, and then that have to be canceled. I think that was gonna be in the Middle East somewhere, the original one. And when you look at the statement they put out today, and they're talking about how they pay, you know formerly known as the Jacks her deposit. Are we talking about the original date? Because you canceled that date. So why would you think that she's going to be available for whatever date you make up next? I feel like there's been a lot of rumors around this and I had a bad feeling it was going to come down to this. So I hate to say when I saw the tweet today, I wasn't shocked at the least to see that the event was canceled. I wasn't. But when you are a wrestling company, even, even if the talent did you wrong, I feel like you should handle that privately because talent is what you need to get your company going. So coming at them and attacking them is going to make none of them want to work with you again. What kind of car are you going to put in for your next event if it even happens? So overall, I feel like there are some things that if you want to be professional in regards to how you handle your business, it should probably stay offline. Just send out a tweet that the event is canceled and stop talking about the talent and talk about how these 300 fans can get their money back. Because to me, that's more important important than who's showing up and who is it yeah i would uh <laughs> i would agree with that uh tornado back at it well justin i sent an f5 on friday wink wink mm-hmm. um yeah and then uh back back to the, the topic at hand here as we're looking in the chat um <laughs> Corey, yeah. Corey says isa would draw five thousand easy mm-hmm. um chris says alana aka cj perry mira's wife was supposed to be on the card interesting yeah, she was uh, fighting Nia Jackson the original show. When they announced the, the, the reschedule of it in England, they, they had already taken um, CJ Perry off of it. So uh, right. I don't know if that's when Nia Jackson also said she wasn't going to be available, but they did mm-hmm. keep advertising her even after she was very open about not being a part of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky saying Issa could sold out any day, anytime worldwide. Mm-hmm. Tina Miller's backing that up. He would sell out the place. Stephen Camp, no one wants to hang out with a Washington fan. LOL, Jackie Justin, but you do throw some kick-ass parties. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I've been known to have a few bangers. This is true. I've hung out at some of Justin Lavar's <laughs> parties, and they are excellent. We should we should throw one, Justin. Let's let's do another one, please. We're long we're long over too. Yes. Raj, Raj will draw lesser than Issa. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, very fun. Uh, and uh, Sharknado too, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, yeah. yeah. Oh, hang on, we got the more updates. I think with uh, the Sharknados. Uh, <laughs> Sharknado three, Chris Jericho, Sharknado four, Seth Rollins, and finally a John. Yeah, I watched five of John, John Morrison. There you go. Right. <laughs> all right. Gotta love the uh, gotta love the chat helping us out here. All right, let's go ahead and jump into AEW Dynamite tonight. Coming to you from Rochester. Mm-hmm. Of course, Rochester, a very significant place for AEW, as they make mention, and we will uh, put focus on. Uh, Rochester was the home of the late Mr. Brody Lee, so certainly a just a you know an extra feel, if you will, of connection between that Rochester crowd and the AEW Dynamite fans. Uh, we kick it off with Warlow backstage making his way to the ring. We're kicking it off with a TNT title street fight. Wardlow challenging against the champion Scorpio Sky, who Sky comes out. He has the numbers uh, with American Top Team coming out there with he and Dan Lambert. Uh, and initially, you know, obviously we see Wardlow with some power, but then those numbers try to play in. They try to put the boots to Wardlow. Uh, but then Wardlow's going to rally. He's going to hit one of the most beautiful swantons I've ever seen mm-hmm. him do uh, across the ring onto Scorpio Sky. Again, numbers. Uh, leading to uh, some distraction. Scorpio Sky uses the belt. We think that they got it all wrapped up. One, two, that's not it. False finish, as they'd say, boys and girls. And finally, Wardlow overcomes all that, hits three power bombs in the Powerbomb Symphony, and mm-hmm. Wardlow at 54 and 8 is your new, as Howard Finkel mm-hmm. would say, mm-hmm. TNT champion. Jimmy. The crowd was with it. After that false finish, they were like, we're going to get it. 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 But you also have that in the back of your mind. You have Dan Lambert and company, so you Mm -hmm. know at any point existing parties out there or somebody new could. So it was this nice little tap dance game of like, can Wardlow, but he's got to deliver the power bombs. Can he deliver them all fast enough before somebody wrecks the party? Uh, Even has the one boot on the chest pin. Your thoughts on this title change tonight. No, I thought it was uh, the right call. And it kind of a little surprised me a little bit. Yes, I know it was a street fight. That false finish got me as well. I thought, okay, here's how they're going to get away with it and, uh, and keep the title on, uh, on uh, Scorpio. But uh, you know, Hey, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the match, uh, a street fight. It made perfect sense. It was a way for, uh, Wardlow to look like a monster that he is, and he's all I was gonna say, get he's already over huge. I mean, you throughout the entire match, the crowd was with him, they bought into everything he did, and like you said, that false finish got them. And then when he did the triple, when he cleared house and did the three power bombs and did the boot on the chest, they got me because I was expecting someone to run in and kind of break things up. And when it didn't happen, I went, Oh, nice, yes. This is how you build this championship. This is how you build this title. And this is how you build Wardlow. And also in a kind of uh, backhanded way, keep him out of the main title picture. Because after building him up so strong, how do you keep him from winning the championship if he were to go after it? Yeah, I mean, Isa, I think uh, to, to tail off of Jimmy's point there, <clears throat> I think, you know, the world title picture is very crowded because you have a sitting world champion who's injured. Yeah, and then so then you have this busy John Moxley interim world champion. So that's got to sort itself out whenever Punk's ready, just to sort out and claim who's your uh, undisputed world champion. So I agree. I don't know. This might have not been the plan two three months ago, uh, and given how the MJF stuff has happened and whatever. But I think Wardle having this title now, he could hold it for a year. They can make a thing out of this. He could hold it for a year until and, and hopefully the the momentum and the lightning in the bottles uh, uh, remains uh, sustains. 
Uh, and then when the world title picture has a little bit more clarity, uh, allow him to get involved in that. But I know you're a Warlow fan as well. What was your uh, interpretation reaction? Were you surprised to this one? My juices were tiltilated, Justin Labar, at this result. I said my juices were tiltilated. Juices were tiltilated. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. They, 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 were, say... they were bubbling, huh? Yes. <laughs> I will say it was the least street fight of all street fights. I wish they would have just not put the stipulation on it because there wasn't a lot of street fight elements to it. You could have just made it a regular match with a couple of, like, um, you know, in, in American top team becoming involved, and that would have been fine because there wasn't a lot of street fight aspect to it, but I don't mm -hmm. care. I've been wanting the TNT title to be elevated. I feel like, to um, Jimmy's point, uh, Warlow made it a point that he wasn't going to come for the world title until CM Punk was fully healthy because he wants to beat the real world champion. So I feel like they got away with saying, how are we going to keep Warlow away from that by having Warlow cut that promo? I haven't really been into the TNT title since Miro dropped it. I personally think that Warlow could be the person that makes it feel important again. Hopefully we're in for a long run um, and, and I'm super happy for him and he's so over. I love seeing the crowd reaction. Personally, I felt like the show premature ejaculated here because after that, how are you going to top that moment? Just saying. Well, I mean, yeah, look, obviously he is over like Rover, that being Wardlow. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even to the point, I mean, I remember like, you know, Scorpio Sky, he was at the, <clears throat> he was outside of the ring steps, you know, fist pounding the team and getting ready, to make, get ready to get in the ring. And like the crowd was doing the war. And I was like, kill Sky's music so we can amp up these chants. Mm -hmm. Like stop having his music try to compete with these war. I mean, you know, like it's just, it, especially now that we know the outcome, if the outcome is that he's, Ward was in fact going to take the title from him. Like, let these chants ride. Let the fans mm -hmm. that much more going to ride with them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to watch. Uh, you know, it just doesn't come along every day. A promoter dreams of it, but mm -hmm. it doesn't come along every day to have a guy that has as many tools as Warlow does that naturally just is just getting over and everything is kind of everything's just kind of clicking and all the stars are aligning. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this could be. Uh, I think I think he's going to be champion. Until he's not, and when he's not, it's because they're ready for him to have a new title. <laughs> yeah. So that's that would be my prediction. If I was now, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, though. And this is again getting a little nitpicky. I'm very, very pleased with the match and how uh, and the outcome. But did they not distract the referee so that they could do the belt shot? They did, which uh, the the ref was. Yeah, you know, he was trying to deal with all the numbers game. Which right? Why? It's a, uh, it's a street fight. It, it you know all you have to do is a subtle. Gesture like, sorry, there's nothing I can do. Well, and back to, I mean, it, I was going to say when Isa was saying it's the least street fight. Yeah, it was the least street fight. And I just assumed, again, we're just making it street fights. That way we can be as blunt as possible mm -hmm. with all of America top team getting in there and him and him clearing house. But mm -hmm. you're right, Jimmy, to the logic point, why even waste a ref distraction? And we all know Dynamite has enough ref distractions. We don't need to be <laughs> wasting scenarios. Um, yep. So mm -hmm. uh, very good question. That That would be, again, one of those. Who was the producer of that match? What was the logic mm -hmm. behind right. doing this? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, don't know. Uh, Brett, uh, Brett Murphy, uh, mark it down. Wardlow versus Miro at All Out. That would be a hell of a contest. It would be, but uh, Miro's more, it, it looks like his path is more towards the babyface side right now, but not that that matters really, but still. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to see a Miro uh, feel with the House of Black. He might take each and every one of them out individually, just based on the promo that we saw him cut later on in the show. Mm -hmm. 
and I, I mean, I agree, Jimmy. I think he is hitting more towards. I think people are gravitating towards this 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 Miro Redeemer, and he's <clears throat> this this repackage of him. And mm-hmm. and I, I still, I'm still gonna wave my it's Lana Day flag. I know she won't be Lana, but I think that she has to be his god. I, I'm I'm holding on to that, mm-hmm. and I think that that will get a pop if she shows up with him in the presentation that I think that they would be in. I think the crowd uh, will accept it. Um, so I'm holding on to that. That's my. Right. That, that's my booking hill. I'm going to die on until it happens. Right. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to speak it into into reality. It's just going to. It's going to happen so much. Tony Khan's going to hear it, and he's just going to have to do it if he's not already planning yeah. to do it. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. All right. We get. Uh, now this is. I want to say this was a very promo heavy night. There mm-hmm. was some backstage. I don't. Really, I don't really acknowledge many of the backstage pre pre tapes unless things like move on. Most of the pre tapes were just pumping up matches that were coming tonight or next week but i am there was a lot of in-ring promos mm-hmm. as well it, it did have a uh, that that feel to it it was not wrestling 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 one after another and this was one of the most controversial and going to be for a long time discussed in-ring promos as we have luchasaurus and christian cage out there mm-hmm. uh christian cage you know quickly all you people you, you think you need to you need to hear the reason of why we're not on B- jungle boy's side anymore Quickly interrupted by Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy uh, has got a quote of, Christian, you're just the Michael Jordan of being an asshole. That got a pop. But Christian quickly fired back with, you know, oh, you, you like, like, oh, you like, you care about Jungle Boy, like you've known him for so long, like you, like, like you're, you're the, the big brother to him and all this kind of stuff. He goes, Matt, you're starting to make your brother sound like the sober one. Wow. Ooh. Uh, yeah. He, he went, to, he went there. He went there. Yes. Um, Matt fires back. You're taking advantage uh, of, of Luchasaurus. That's all you're doing is you're, is you're taking advantage of praying. Matt even admits, I did it. I took advantage of private party, uh, you know, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and it starts naming people. And, and I'm not proud of it, you know, talking about his t- you know butcher and blade. Uh, I'm not proud of it. And maybe that's karma coming back. I mean, that's why I've had such a rough few months here with my family. Uh, again, Christian firing off. Again, you're just delusional. You're 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 always here for for your name in the head in the in the marquee. You'll you'll look past your brother's problems just so you can ride his coattails. More ooh, and ah. finally the two on one, the physical, the, the the words escalate to a point to where there's no more words. It just has to be physical, uh, two on one. But it's mostly just uh, Luchasaurus just beating up Matt Hardy and finally choke slamming him through the uh, timekeeper's table. Issa, I, I know we've all, I think we, this this group, this trio, we've all kind of agreed that in the past, if all parties involved are okay with it, nobody else can be offended. It's just there for the entertainment. It's there to do what we're doing. Uh, how did this How did this promo sit with you and this newly heel Christian Cage? I loved it. If you would have told me that Christian Cage was going to be on like my top five favorite wrestlers of the moment, <laughs> I would have not put it on my bingo card, but he is delivering every week. I mean, there is a part of me, Some every once in a while I'm human and I'm just tired of Jeff real life issues being brought up just because it just doesn't feel like it should be right. But I, I especially with what you know, Jeff is currently dealing, but I pop for a lot of the things that Christian said here. Even he even said that Jeff Hardy took advantage of a lawnmower, and I just die laughing because I remember broken Matt Hardy riding around the lawnmower, <laughs> like the, it was the a dilapidated lot of boat. That, mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I have that T-shirt actually. It was a lot of things that 
Christian said here, you know, about how he takes advantage of the kids, like for use them for cloud, the wife, the father-in-law. Like there was a lot of things that Christian was saying outside of the obvious Jeff Hardy line that's going to get him heat that makes you, you know, makes you want to go, okay, he, he has some valid points here. In addition to that, I don't know who's arguing that Christian is using uh, Luchasaurus when he clearly said he was using them for money and, and exposure and all that. So maybe Luchasaurus wants that right now. I'm not too sure. Again, it, it, a man that wished a family was dead last week, I'm not surprised that this was brought up. But in the context of Jeff Hardy and everything that he deals with in real life, it just, it just, uh, it's just not tasteful anymore. But he did the job. He got the heat. Jimmy, um... You know, I know Matt and and, and Christian or, or or Jay are very close. They've been together, they've been they've known each other for over twenty years. You've obviously reffed many a uh, classics. I have to think that obviously this is a very sensitive time for the Hardy family. That there's probably not any there's probably a short list of other people that Matt and presumably his brother Jeff and probably even Tony Kongs. I have to think they ran it by Tony. Tony, will be okay to do this. That would not be able to say this, but for the fact that the real person behind Christian knows matt and jeff the way he does that maybe it was uh, it, it was an, it was it was approved yeah you you it feels like you read my mind or my notes because yes uh, they have a incredible history together those guys are uh, tied at the hip uh, not only them edge christian the dudleys and the hardys are all kind of interwoven together so if anybody could get that line out there and it be okay to do because like, like Isa said, maybe in today's day and age, it is, it is maybe crossing a line, but if anybody could say it without really crossing that line, especially with the person, the line is delivered about, it is uh Christian about uh, Matt and Jeff because uh, they are so close and, uh, and I'm sure it was okayed by everybody involved. And I got to give them credit for generating heat, real heat. Because that is hard to do nowadays. And everybody, instead of people saying, oh, he went there. That's so cool. I can't believe he brought it up. He brought up real life. No, people are saying, I can't believe he brought up real life. Well, and not just the fact that, you know, because they know Christian for so long that it's okay that he does it. But it's that much more of an effect. Like, for example, if <clears throat> if Max Caster comes out later in the night and, and does a rap and uses Jeff Hardy's problems as a punchline, it gets an ooh reaction, but it also is a little bit like almost cheap in a different way. It's like, well, like almost random. Like, I, but the fact that everybody knows here's this guy, Christian, look, standing across the room, a ring from Matt Hardy and all the history they have. And for him to go there, it's like, oh, it's that much more of like, they're, they're, it, while Jeff's problems are real, it's that there is a certain like continuity to it that like, Christian and Matt goes so far back that Christian would be the one that he would take that little deeper jab at Matt. And it, it has, has more effect on this feel like just because they have, there's history. Um, exactly. It, it, it felt like right. it meant more coming from Christian. Yeah, exactly. Um, Allison Tuckwab in the super chat. Do you think they'll let Jeff Hardy back in AEW? Cause they pulled everything with Jeff Hardy off the shelf uh, contract to his brother. Apologize for him. Tony Khan is a wrestling fan. He just lets the wrestlers do. Uh, well, Allison, I think Tony's been kind of clear that, you know, Jeff coming back to AEW is very much uh, pending that he gets the help and it, and, it, and it completes the help that he needs and, and it can sustain that uh, healthy lifestyle. 
um, I mean, pulling shirts or anything or pulling video or whatever, that's just kind of natural good business. You know, I mean, wh- why are you going to continue to run video clips or whatever of, of somebody who you don't have on your product and who is right. maybe might never be back on your product? That's just reality. Um, and, and this is, I mean, while I, while I'll entertain a lot of arguments that AEW might be a little bit loose of a ship in certain areas. And then I, even areas like Jimmy and I were talking about earlier, like why is there a ref distraction in a, in a street fight? While I think there might be a loose ship at times and he's tightened up. Look, Jeff's, Jeff's had his, his, his trips, his, 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 um, his, his stammers, his mistakes uh, under other, uh, you know, under Vince McMahon for me. I mean, it's not, this is not, I don't, I don't think Tony Khan has any <laughs> responsibility to, to, to Jeff's most recent um, mm-hmm. problem. So most recent yeah. issue. Yeah. And my understanding he- is he has he s- sought out help and uh, he's actually getting it right now. So, yeah. Yeah. I just hope everything goes well with him. But to your point, mm-hmm. Justin, we've seen it happen with WWE, with AEW, with impact. I mean, with this impact, isn't yeah. a new thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, this company is responsible for these problems. At this point, we need to hold Jeff Hardy accountable for his own actions. Right. Uh, Tornado says he's coming to All Out in Chi-Town, so watch out, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Tornado's coming. Um, so, yeah, that was certainly a segment that's going to be a lot. To, yeah, and I'm curious now where we're going from this. You know, obviously now, you know, I mean, I assume it's Jungle Boy and Matt Hardy as an alliance against Luchasaurus and, and Christian Cade, I imagine that's where we are headed. You know, Matt, obviously uh, known for tag wrestling and needs a charismatic partner with him. Yeah, but they have got to stop giving Jungle Boy a veteran figure that's good. Like, he needs to become Jungle Man already. <laughs> and giving him this veteran figure that he can stick to is always going to make him look that way. Well, or maybe so maybe it's not a tag team. Maybe it's just Cornerman. You know, maybe if Christian and Matt don't want to, maybe they even say, "Look, we don't don't make us take up time in the match. Let us be corner man." We'll but that, that's what Christian did. Christian mm-hmm. cornered him, and he was be- yeah. it looked like he was babysitting him the entire time. I think Jungle Boy could have a run as a singles wrestler and be successful at it. I think maybe we do this while Jungle Boy heals up, but I would love to see Jungle Boy stand on his own. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Agreed. Interesting. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that, uh, where this all heads. But certainly, again, one of the headlines mm-hmm. coming out of tonight's Dynamite. Up next, we get the Butcher and the Blade versus Swerve, Strickland, and Keith Lee. A lot of talk here about the, the tag teams rising up in the tag team division. Uh, this is going to end with – this starts all kind of clunky. There was some – it looked clunky, at least. It looked like mm-hmm. there was some ill-timed or miscommunicated spots. But they start to get into some rhythm here. Uh, finally, those Swerve. Swerve in their glory. They're going to hit kind of like a, a remin- kind of like a doomsday, but rather than a clothesline, it's like shins first uh, mm-hmm. onto their opponent. Uh, going to get the win. Uh, after that, they're interrupted by a powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, who are just amped up. They're, 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 you know, you guys, just because you came from where you came from, referencing WWE, mm-hmm. you think that you're owed a certain thing. You're not on our level. Ricky Starks is hot. Uh, Ricky Starks proclaiming, we're the best tag team. That cues the Young Bucks to come out. Young Bucks saying everybody in the tag division right now is eating well, but let's not forget that we're the ones that set the damn table. Uh, ends up proposing a three-way, a a, 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 um, a, a triple or nothing uh, tag team match next week on night one of Fighter Fest. Hmm. But this entire, what's supposed to be this big moment of, uh, of a proposal and a pop of a match is completely drowned out by the crowd chanting and demanding FTR to be added into this. Mm-hmm. Which they weren't, uh, and the, and as the segment ended, when the match and the the, the the challenge was made, and everybody kind of you know it basically accepts, the crowd was just kind of flat or disinterested <laughs> because mm-hmm. it wasn't the match they wanted. 
Uh, I mean, Jimmy, that, that's how I heard it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it started off a little bit awkward. There was a, you know, that leapfrog spot that went a little awry and all that sort of stuff. But uh, uh, again, me with my nitpicking of the officiating, I didn't know that the finish before the finish, it turned into a Texas tornado match where just everybody just goes in the ring and just does whatever they want. But uh, no, you're right though. The most over tag team right now. I, I mean, you can make an argument for the bucks, but uh, FTR is hot, white hot on fire right now. People just love these guys and deservedly. So these guys, you can make an argument as possibly the best tag team going right now, but at least top three in yeah. the world right now. And they are really that good. And they're really that good at being heels and baby faces. They can do anything and not adding them to this match. Uh, who knows? Maybe before the match occurs next week, we, it becomes a fatal four way as opposed to a three way because uh, you know, Tony Khan claims to listen to his audience. Uh, well, they were clamoring for FTR. So who knows? Tony, get on busted open and make it happen. There you go. Issa, what do you think about this? I, I personally felt the match was just a setup for the after promo. Mm -hmm. uh, I love hearing the crowd shine for FDR. FDR has been number one contenders in the rankings for about four months now. But, you know, AW tends to only acknowledge the rankings when they feel like it. Um, I, I, I feel like... I, I noticed something in this match and it was like, I didn't care at all. And I think it was because of the butcher and the blade. And I feel like when AEW wants you to be invested in a character, you really become invested. They give them that time for you to get to know these people, but then they put these people with people that you don't necessarily feel invested in. And it can really bring a match down where you're just like, I have literally no interest in this match. I know who's going to win. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know what's going to happen after. And I felt that way win this match all the respect to the butcher and the blade but i really felt that way and we'll talk about it later because i felt the same way later on i feel like they need to do maybe <coughs> the main event more... <coughs> <laughs> the main event and no not even that the the um ask voice and the acclaim against i don't even know who they were <laughs> I do know who they were, but you get my point. They need to do a little bit of a better job at developing some of the other characters. That way you can be a little more invested in these matches. But overall, I, I was just happy to hear the crowd chanting for FTR. At some point, they have to stop denying it and give us that match. But they might be saving it for all out. So in the meantime, we have, we have to, I hate to say it, we have to let it play out. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if, if, if it's triple. <laughs> We'll see if it stands come next Wednesday, but the mm -hmm. fans certainly felt a little uh, they, they had better booking ideas uh, in their minds. Um, mm -hmm. And I think they announced later they had the FTR, FTR is going to be the dealing with the Ring of Honor titles. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that was the idea is let's keep their focus over here. I don't know. But mm -hmm. part of the risk you run when you got guys starting to wear a lot of titles is, is who goes where. Right. Uh, we get Eddie Kingston in the ring with Tony Schiavone. He says congrats to Wardlow. He says congrats to the winning team at Blood and Guts. He says, Chris Jericho, you made me a liar. I did not get to taste your blood. You did not bleed uh, and proceeds to say that he's going to you know, fix that. And then Jericho interrupts him. Jericho's back in the parking lot with uh, with his boys, including Ty Conti, who she slams the door on Ruby Soho's arm, and then they run off. So we are not done with the business of Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Issa, you're shaking your head. I hated everything about this backstage segment when Jericho popped up. Ruby was literally sitting there with her arms on the truck waiting for the door to be slammed on her. He just, he looked 
so stupid. I'd rather think Ty Conti hovering like a choker hold and put her to sleep, like or something like that. It literally looked like she was waiting for the door to be smashed on her hands. And I it completely took me out of it. I'm 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 also a little bit over with Jericho and Eddie Kingston. <laughs> and I and I get that they're hurting for talent right now. So maybe we gotta rerun a couple of things here and there until some people start feeling better. But I just feel like there was why would Eddie Kingston care about what happened to to Ruby Soho backstage? They never made that connection between them. Also, I personally was laughing at Eddie Kingston making a reference about how he's growing up. And I was like, you're 40, bro. <laughs> like, maybe it was about time you started growing up. <laughs> but overall, it was a horrible setup in the backstage segment. If you go back and watch it, you can literally see her just waiting mm. to get the door smashed on her hands. And like Jimmy, like, like Jimmy, I was nitpicking here, but I was like, that completely took me out of the whole thing. And there's never been a connection between Eddie and Ruby. Why would he care? Uh, well, uh, Jimmy, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. I mean, we've seen Eddie on screen aligned with other people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, unless, and I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's going to correct us. Maybe Eddie and Ruby, if we watched a, a vlog or something else, we missed something. But yeah, the, and to Issa's point about the arm thing, maybe this is where having this, because this thing did look like it was being shot live. Or mm-hmm. if it wasn't shot live and it wasn't pre tape, take advantage of that and do some more camera tricks to Issa's point. Um, yeah. So, but, but I mean, what, what do you make of this? No, uh, she pretty much hit the nail on the head, but the biggest thing for me, other than the fact that it looked like she was waiting for it to happen again, like, like Issa said, what is the connection between Eddie Kingston and Ruby Soho? I don't know. Is there one out there? Is there something I'm missing online that I didn't read somewhere on some website or anything like this? Because, you know, sometimes when they book like that, you know, catering to a certain audience that, that, you know, reads the websites that kind of, it, it gets lost on the others who, who don't pay attention to that, uh, you know, deep, deep inside stuff. Is yeah. there a connection between well, the, I don't know. Well, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't know so much about a connection of, of the, I mean, Ruby, remember when Ty Conti stole, hit Aubrey at blood and guts, stole the key. And then Ruby came down and cut her off. So I get that there's animosity there between Ruby and Ty, but mm-hmm. to your point, like Eddie and Ruby haven't had like this biggest stat. Again, at least not on Dynamite. I, but I don't want to hear about on this vlog they did this on this. No. Right. Stick to Dynamite because 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 there are people that are watching Dynamite that only watch Dynamite, and so that's where the the disconnect and probably. Especially especially when you got your ratings back up, you got back mm-hmm. to a million last week. And you're right. going to get these people to tune in again and feel completely lost about what was going on here. Not, I'm sorry, not everybody's watching these YouTube shows, YouTube blogs or whatever. Show a clip of it. Like the only connection that we have is, is Ruby Soho in a video package for Blood and Guts. Mm-hmm. That's it. And if she has, you know, a feud going with Ty Conti, that doesn't have anything to do with Jericho and, and, and Eddie Kingston here. So it, it felt very all over the place. Right. And, and, and if you, if there is a connection, that's the announcer's job now is to make that connection for the audience, because you can't assume that everybody watching and everybody in, in live there in the arena knows that connection, whatever it may be, if there is one. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I know that it looks more brutal that they're taking advantage, you know, obviously tied a woman did it to a woman, but there's all these men standing around helping facilitate. So I get that it, hmm. doing it to a woman, it makes it more dastardly and what have you, but like, who is it? Santana's the one who's legit injured. So you still have Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Santana and Ortiz have been obviously very, you know, boldly linked to Kingston. Mm-hmm. I would have understood if they slammed Ortiz's arm in the door. That like that's somebody who's like one of Eddie's friends. But yeah, and so 
Um, some are going to say we're nitpicking. Some are going to say that we're pointing out the obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's the beautiful thing of this. Everybody's got their opinions. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where we all mm-hmm. kind of stand with that. Um, Leonzo Duncan, Super Chat. I'm not one of these people or those people who say this. But if someone in WWE said what Christian said about Jeff Hardy, they would complain how insensitive WWE is. Just saying. Uh, there's a little, yeah, there's a little bit of fairness to that because yeah. AEW being the alternative and being a little bit, again, a little bit more underground, a little more, yeah, they they they, they curse a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. There's some, there's just that lane that's kind of allowed. Whereas, yeah, if WWE would be perceived as the big bad corporate company that's laying people off every ninety days, that they're being right. ill sensitive. There's also about uh, there's also a difference in how AEW incorporate realness into a storyline to like the way that Christian did it tonight compared to let's talk about Jeff Hardy's last feud where he was brought up in WWE which was mm-hmm. Sheamus and they made him take a piss test in the middle of the ring and it's just it, oh. it, it also can be a little extra about how you go about it and and, mm-hmm. and i agree i but i do remember seeing a lot of backlash on wwe when he was having that feud with sheamus they ended up having a bar match which by the way mm-hmm. he slapped i don't care what anybody says i love that right. match but i remember him having to do a p test like in the middle of the ring and all of that and that is just way you you're you're now exploiting it way too much where i'm not saying it was tasteful the way that christian did it either but it's brought up in a in a promo mm-hmm. in a very realistic way and and when you're arguing with someone a lot of times you're going to use your words to try to say the most hurtful things to them and that way you mm-hmm. get to their you know you play those mind games so it, it's it's two different ways to do the thing overall i i don't like it when either one company does it just because in this specific i told you last week i loved everything that christian did but i'm not being a hypocrite i feel like we what Jeff Hardy is going through right now, it just doesn't feel right. Sure. No, that's fair. That's very fair. But, but uh, again, like the, the thing about it, is, it, it, again, in true heel fashion, the, the one thing that Christian isn't is subtle in his delivery. That's for sure. Yeah. Listen, um, Christian is making me, uh, I, I still miss MJF every week. But mm-hmm. if I'm going to get Christian coming out here cutting these promos, at least I'm still getting that heel saying things that they mm-hmm. probably shouldn't say on TV. So I appreciate that. Uh, I always want to acknowledge our Super Chats. Uh, Allison, I want to give you a shout out for the Super Chats. Thank you again for the financial donation you, of the Allison. podcast. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm reading, I don't get it. I'm sorry what you're saying here. Uh, BC amplified that weird name that he's the one. He has a talk show. He says he doesn't need to go to jail. He could have killed someone or himself. I know I know you were talking about Jeff Hardy earlier. I'm not sure who you're, mm. uh, but again, thanks for the mm-hmm. thanks for the shout. But can't really comment on the chat. Not sure what you're, what you're talking about there. All right, um, jumping back into Dynamite. So yeah, so yep. we'll see what happens out of Kingston, Ruby Soho, and uh, and the problems still going on there. Mm-hmm. Up next, we get the Dark Order. They're in the ring. It is Dark Order country, as they note. Uh, five of them standing there with negative one. Of course, uh, the late Mr. Brody Lee's oldest son. Uh, he's in his negative one uh, mask. Pretty cool. Uh, they say that they're here to stay. There's going to be a new chapter of the Dark Order. Then they're interrupted by QT Marshall, who starts to run down negative one. And and again, not going as far as Christian did, but, but hitting some pretty spicy quotes uh, uh, running down him. Uh, QT Marshall does at least draw the link that, hey, your dad beat me in his debut in less than five minutes. And so that was a nice little reminder of history there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Hangman Page, he comes out, has heard enough of QT Marshall and Hangman Page and the rest of Dark Order proceeds to uh, hit some finishes on 
QT and then negative one uh, saying he's going to wait till he's 18 until he uh, gets the pin on QT. Uh, I mean, uh, overall, just kind of a, a tribute to Brody, just kind of a little good feel kind of segment here. Nothing really that's going to necessarily progress the next week. Right, Jimmy? No, absolutely. It's a, it, again, it was a nice little feel good moment in the hometown for for Brody's uh, uh, oldest son. And it was uh, it was a nice little tribute for him to, uh, yep. you know, you know, and it was a nice little feel good moment is exactly what it was. And, and I, 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 who knows, maybe when he does turn 18, we may see him. You never know. Long-term booking. I love that negative <laughs> one can cut a promo better than half of the roster. And, <laughs> and to that point, I did love seeing hangman come out to do the safe. A lot of the, the reason why a lot of us were invested in hangman finally winning the title was because of his time with the dark order so it, it was fun to see Hangman reunite and come back and make the save for his buddy. So for, for mm -hmm. nostalgia and for those of us who watch BTE, it was nice. Uh, Issa Corey Pride, Super Chats, says, why is Dark Order still a thing? TK, please move on. Do you mm -hmm. agree? Has, has Dark Order ran its course? Uh, I don't think they've run their course. I, I think they just need a little bit of a... Uh, a left turn, right turn, whatever the case may be. They just need a little different direction to go in what that direction is. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't put my thumb on it right now, but it's it, nice to see a little bit of a change in them instead of being the same old, same old. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure. I, I, no, I was just going to say, you saw, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the, you know, they started out. They, I mean, look, they were on the ground floor of dynamite. You know, they started mm -hmm. out as this, you know, this kind of cult kind of <clears throat> legit heel, <coughs> excuse me, legit heel kind of were out to recruit. Uh, and then they took a turn for some some comedy and some hmm. fan favor. So I'm not sure what the next repackage would be. Hmm. So yeah, I was just going to add that I feel like you can start maybe giving some single pushes or tag teams, hmm. <coughs> you know, where the group is still together but they're right. out doing their own thing. Well, I mean, look, there's fewer of them. At one point, it felt like it was a just a growing army. They're down to, you know, I mean, obviously negative one's not there every week. They're down to four guys and one girl. So we're at least now at the point to where you could more concentrate having ta you know them as tag teams or, you know, it, it's few enough people that it, it can be kept track of, so to speak. Right. For a while there, they were, we were starting to have, so it was starting to turn into like mm -hmm. NWO 1998. You just couldn't, it's like 20 guys in the ring. No, absolutely. All right. Uh, we get Penta Oscuro versus Roosh now. Um, this is the first time we're seeing this in AEW. Certainly, commentary Excalibur uh, in the lead for this. Um, given the backstory that these two guys have a lot of history, especially in Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, though, we're going to get a low blow uh, and a small package is going to is going to be applied by Roosh. Camera kind well, the main camera misses it. It's 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 off on the side. If you're watching, mm -hmm. the camera's focusing on the outside distraction. That again, the referee is looking at, and to which the low blow happens. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I this I, I I I'm a I'm a fan of Penta Escuro. I've I like him. I've said that over and over and over. Whenever I first discovered him, in Lucha Underground, I've been a fan of his. I always like mm -hmm. seeing him. Roosh, a little bit newer too. I know he's got Ring of Honor history, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mm -hmm. This just kind of and maybe the finish took it out of me. Uh, I mean, I guess it gives you know Roosh it's his AEW Dynamite debut, so he gets a win. Good for there. Mm -hmm. Certainly leaves uh, another day to to fight. But I, I was kind of, I was kind of in the, in the mix for this one, Jimmy. Yeah, it was kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other. I, I, I enjoyed the fact that it was not your typical lucha style match. It was, it was, it was physical. It was good, 
And then the, the finish, like you said, kind of was a little bit, okay. Uh, in the opening match where we had a street fight, we had a ref distraction. Why? But then we have uh, what they like to do more often than not, ref distraction again in this match, which happens, I think, far too frequently in, in, uh, in, in this company. I think they need to scale that back a little bit because when it happens, it's like, here we go again. You know what I mean? And, and it, puts, it puts too much attention on the guy you don't want the heat on. Do you know what I mean? It it feels like you're putting more heat on the referee than you are on the actual heel in the match or the heels getting the, uh, getting, you're supposed to outsmart in the referee, not make them look dumb. Jimmy, I want to get back to them in a minute, but I want to go to Issa real quick. Issa, uh, Penta, Oscuro, and, and Roosh, uh, does this connect on any level with you? Um, not yet, but it was fun to get a little familiar with Roosh as somebody that's not very familiar with him. Heard of him, but I haven't seen a lot of his work. I thought he looked great in the ring. I think I'm going to start my own business in which I create masks that don't come off because we've been doing this literally long enough for this mask to still be coming out. Like somebody needs to come up with a better design. But yeah, I like Roosh and I like Roosh with Andrade. I want to see where it goes. But if you have somebody new that people may not be familiar with, putting them in the in the ring with somebody like Penta is, is a great showcase. Yeah, and I should mention, and thank you, Issa, for for covering my ass here. And in the, the in the small package, he he rolls him up, and then he does rip Penta's mask off and yeah. takes it. And then when Ray Ray Phoenix actually gets in there and throws the the suit jacket to cover his face, so that, that right. you know that's a thing. And and they may mention a commentary in Mexico if you rip the mask off, it's an automatic DQ. That's not the case here. Um, so those things there. I, I mean, again, I'm a Penta fan, so I'm always I always want to see more Penta. I fear Penta is always going to have a, a certain ceiling because he doesn't cut English promos. And so I think that's always just going to kind of be a ceiling, but I guess if I just accept that ceiling, I'm going to be happy when I see him make the cut and get TV time on a very otherwise packed dynamite. Jimmy, I want to go back to what you talked about. And this is, we can talk about it now, but you, we've, this is kind of a running theme. You talk about, you know, misplaced heat. You never want the heat on the referee. Have you ever had a, uh, did you ever have an experience that you can talk about now? Or are you, you're willing to name names or maybe you change names of when like, the, the talent or the, the booker or the producer or whatever was, was, was hell bent on a certain finish. And you had to like stand your ground for your referee credibility and say, you're going to kill me guys. You know, I, um, I, uh, I was very, you know, at the beginning of oh, whatever you guys want, I will do. Uh, it took someone like, um, for example, like, uh, an Eddie Guerrero to help me come out of that show a little bit where I would voice an opinion, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very forceful and say, Hey, I'm not doing that because you're going to make me look bad. I would never do that. I said, listen, guys, is there another way we could possibly do this? Do you think that they maybe puts misplaces the heat on instead of putting it on you guys and makes it look like, you know, I'm the bad guy in this thing. And, and the heat goes to me instead. Um, I can't think of a specific case, but I never ever went and said, Hey guys, there's no way we can do it this way because I'm going to look like an idiot. If, if you want me to look like an idiot, that's what you want. But uh, I would uh, professionally voice my opinion at times and say, listen, uh, is there another way we can do this? And I always wondered, and maybe you know the real reason to this, uh, if this, if this is not the real reason I always wondered, Jimmy, was that maybe, um, was that, is that any part of a motivation? Cause for a year, I mean, I, I can remember in the nineties growing up, and I told you this, I've, I've joked mm -hmm. with you off you know, in person and whatever. I, I could name every referee, mm -hmm. a, a WWE referee. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just, you know, I just, Earl Hebner, you know, Chad Patton, Jimmy Corderas, Jack Doan, Timmy mm -hmm. White, you know, whatever. List goes on and on. 
I always wondered, did, did we move away from WWE allowing the announcers to say who the referee is, talk about even saying referee, referee Corderas is telling them to stop or, or Earl Hebner. Like, and then we got to a point to where, and even now, they don't say the referee's name in WWE. And I always wondered, was that because you, they didn't want to associate the referee as a profile? We don't want to say, oh, that Jimmy Corderas that they keep saying, he looks like an idiot every time he's out there. We just don't even want to give a name to the referee. Like, I always wondered what the purpose was of not giving a name to the very obvious third person in the ring. Even though that third person is supposed to be hidden, that third person mm-hmm. still needs to count, still needs to make rulings. Right. I always wondered what the purpose was of all of a sudden uh, WWE World. AEW, of course, they name the referees and are very blunt about that. Right. Uh, it, it beca- That became more uh, apparent after I had left WWE because I think what happened was they started referencing the referee a little bit too much. Oh, there's a... There's a two count by referee Patton. There's a, ref- a two count by uh, uh, referee Doan, or referee Kyoto, whoever the case may be. Oh, he missed that one. Referee so-and-so missed that one. It, you know, just saying the referee instead of naming them all the time. I mean, even today, WWE occasionally mentions the referee. I even noticed that on Monday night. They, they mentioned the referee once or twice uh, during the Monday night. But the more infrequently you do it, the less spotlight you put on them. And I think that was their thinking. And then... Uh, but they went from one extreme to the other. They went from, I think, mentioning the referee's name too much mm-hmm. to not mentioning them at all. There is a nice balance where you can still say the referee's name on occasion, but just not overemphasize, you know? Yeah. I was curious about that. It's always mm-hmm. something that's, you know, caught my eye. Is, is... Yeah, it's one of those things where I think they did it too often where it says, okay, we're not going to do it anymore at all. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Interesting. All right. Up next, uh, this is added in there. We got uh, the acclaimed and the gun club up against Leon Ruffin, uh, Fuego del Sol, and Bear Country. Uh, to note here is Max Castro's coming out, getting ready to do his rap. The gun boys just take his mic from him. And what heat Heel this turn. was. What, what heat. Turn. The crowd was so pissed off about not getting to hear Max Caster and his shoot raps that he does each week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, just huge. The ending is here. Austin's going to tag himself in uh, and steal a pin after uh, Caster had just did a did a big splash. And so, you know, th- that team wins, but it's on account of, of Austin Gunn stealing the pin. And then they argue afterwards. Uh, then they start breaking into brawls. Ultimately, though, Billy Gunn is going to side with his sons after a little bit of doubt uh, from this week's stretch to last week. Uh, Issa, you said he'll turn here. Not letting Max Caster rap. I couldn't I couldn't move on from the fact that I didn't get my Max Caster rap this week and I thought it was a genius move. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if you want to generate heat, I I didn't realize how much we all look forward to that rap until that happened. I was upset. I was doing a wash along on my channel and everybody in my chat was losing it. The crowd is losing mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I guess that's a good way to get heat on someone and you don't even mm-hmm. realize it. This was another case of me not being too invested on the opponents, but at the end, I kind of I was waiting for the end and the setup of the breakup of a faction mm. that, in my opinion, shouldn't be broken up yet. I really mm. enjoy, uh, I, I really enjoyed these guys coming together. So I'm not mm. sure why they they're breaking it up so soon. Mm. But hey, Billy Gunn, he pulled up Bing Diesel here and said, "Family first. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah, Jimmy, this could have been, um, you know, we kind of talked about last week when they started hinting towards this, where why do that? Like, you could have had these two teams that, you know, at odds, remaining as an oddball mm-hmm. four-man team mm-hmm. with constant bickering going on, but they still are winning, so they keep going. But, I mean, you know, because, yeah, the, the mix of Max with his raps, which obviously are over mm-hmm. and are an attraction, 
Uh, and oh, by the way, you know, AEW with all the things they have going on, what are the acts they put on every week? They make sure Wardlow gets on every week. They make sure Max Caster gets like these things are over. They make sure they get on yeah. every week. Um, so you have that. You have the whole Anthony with the scissor me and with Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's stuff that's just getting over. That's just goofy and it, it probably pops mm-hmm. the boys. And that's kind of like the magical criteria. Mm-hmm. So why not just continue that that inner family bickering? Why, you know, why do such a decisive split this quickly? Uh, I, you've got me. That's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question. Why do it so quickly? And I think that's a problem. Uh, not just in AEW, I think it's a problem business wide. Is uh, people uh, are, are are thinking we need to get this done. We need to get it out there. We need to get to the next phase in this story instead of taking their time. Stories need to take their time to develop. The longer it progressed, you know, and then you can do the turn, especially after tonight. I didn't realize how over, you know. I obviously I enjoyed the raps by Max. Uh, like everybody else, but I didn't realize how much everybody uh, would miss it if you know it got cut off or wasn't done one night. It, it was amazing the response that it got, and that could have led to eventually them doing a wrap down the you know down the road where they he does an offhanded comment about the gun club leading into the match, and those guys are like, "What did he just say about us?" Mm-hmm. What was that? And that could lead to the breakup. Take your time. I, again, yes, I felt very rushed. Yeah, well, it's over. It's uh, you don't cut all. You don't. You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit in the wind. You don't take Max Caster's mic from him during his rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we got our women's action for the night. We got Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose up against Thunderstorm. Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. First time pairing of these ladies. All right, this one was confusing as all hell on the layout. I, this was different. <laughs> I'll say that. So, uh, uh, Thunder and Tony are the baby faces, and they're in the baby face corner, just for clarification. The first four minutes of the match, the baby faces quick tagged in and out and double teamed and beat the hell out of Marina Shafir. It was reminiscent of what the heat would look like being applied by the heels, but it was the baby faces. Beating the shit out of Marina Shafir. I mean, to a point, and this was audible, Thunder is hitting Marina very hard, and then to the point where Marina turns Thunder around and screams in, in full uh, uh, distance, full audible for the crowd to hear and the camera to hear, don't apologize, and then wax Thunder Rosa even harder. I mean, I, I don't know if it was receipts being exchanged or what was happening here. It got stiff. Eventually, Nyla has a cutoff of hitting one of the faces with the umbrella while they're again, the ref's not looking. And then the match kind of takes a more traditional uh, format and look to it. Finally, uh, thunderstorm hits a double team pump handle slam move on Shafir and they get the win. Jimmy, hmm. the, uh, 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 baby face double teams. Oh my goodness. Uh, again, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, uh, as someone who is a referee as well, and a- allowing stuff to go on for as long as it did go on too, like just uh, not enforcing counts, not it, it just again, uh, maybe it's me because I'm a former referee. I notice these things more than others, but it. it I'm not a referee, me. and I and I'm and I'm stopwatching. It was four minutes okay. of two baby. Fa- at one point, both baby faces did a double suplex on the heel in the ring. I'm like. It's yeah. illegal. Why are the yeah. faces doing something illegal? Uh, I know, I know. It's just it, sometimes that makes no sense. But the other thing that bothered me more than anything was uh, this match was in the 
designated spot for a women's match right before the main event. And that's what bothered uh, as much as what you said bothered me. That bothered me almost as much. It was almost like I'm saying, okay, we haven't put the women on the show. We'll put them on the regular spot right before the main event. Uh, To me, it would have been fine if they'd have put them on uh, switch places with the eight person tag that they had before that, the eight man tag, maybe put them in that slot. Yeah. And then have nope. the eight man tag. Right 930. 930, Jimmy. You're asking for too much here. They go I, on at 930 guess, every week. I guess I am. That's that's probably in in, in the guidelines uh, in the show. It, it probably lists uh, everything and then uh, at 930, women's match. Well, well Esau, I want to get your reaction to the match. To the time slot point, of, and this is the time slot of everything. We'll table that topic for once we wrap up this final match and we'll talk about the show as a whole in the formatting. But Isa, t- to this match, I saw you kind of shaking your head. Did you catch the same thing we're catching of like what? what why? Why? Yes. Why are the baby faces cheating? Yes, I, I had a lot of whys here. I don't. I still don't know why Nyla Rose is paired up with Marina Shafir. I still don't know why Marina Shafir gets all the TV time that she gets when we have so many talented women backstage that we haven't seen in weeks. I don't know why the baby faces were acting that way for a whole four minutes, and I don't know why. If you're gonna put them, I know you don't want to talk about it, but if you're gonna put them in the same crappy time spot, why you give them less than ten minutes? It's very hard for me to get into the match to begin with when I see what time they come out, let alone everything else that went on once they came out. It was it was a, it was a hard match to watch and get into yeah um i did i did like thunder rosa and and tony storm working together i did think they work well together okay. yeah and, and i mean and, and to the point you know the, the whole thunderstorm and uh, there's some marketing there i guess um the only, the only thing i was happy about is nobody on commentary said can they coexist <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I, I I like the umbrellas as well. I like the I thought I thought Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir coming up with the umbrellas for the thunderstorm was a nice touch. Fair, okay. Fair to that. Uh, the tornado. Feel the roar of the tornado, Justin. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm in my. I'm in my. Justin. I'm in my. I'm in my my bunker. I'm in my 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 tornado shelter. <laughs> All right. Finally, main event time. We'll stick with it. And they started saying this during the women's match. We're going to stick with this. We've just heard from Tony Khan. We're going to stick with the main event for as long as it goes. So I already knew they were running over on time. We are. We have called the network. We are going to buy ourselves an extra 90 seconds. We'll uh, we'll cash in a few chips. We'll, cash, we'll, we'll buy ourselves an extra 90 seconds. We have the 10-1 Brody King, uh, who, you know, 10-1, respectable record. He did just win the Battle Royal. So uh, there's reason to, to, to say, okay, he's he's qualified mm-hmm. to challenge the interim AEW champion at John Moxley. Uh, good uh, pre-tape promos by both uh, Moxley and Brody and Malachi early in the show. I didn't touch on them earlier. If you want to see them, go check them out. But both good. Um, you know, this match, uh, some moments it picks up. Certainly, Brody's got a big body to be thrown around. Um, ultimately, though, you, you know, it's a reverse bulldog sleeper that Moxley applies. Brody doesn't tap out, I don't believe. He just passes out. So, ref calls it, which is always a you know, Jimmy is a ref. It's, I mean, that, that, yeah, that's the ref kind of saving you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess thoughts on the match, and then we'll talk about placement of this whole card. Uh, Issa, um, Moxley winning. Uh, it was what it was, right? It was predictable. That's what it was. Right. It's, his mm-hmm. first, it's his first match defending this interim title. Um, 
and and that's why they gave Brody King the spot. But I'm glad to see somebody different getting the spot. I guess that's a, that's a positive here. The match moved a lot slower than what I anticipated. I love yeah. some big meaty men slapping meat, but they were they were slapping meat in slow motion here. I don't know what was going on, but it felt a very slow-paced match, which, again, is, is one minute till nine, and there's no big momentum that, that you're thinking, oh, it's leading up to the finish here. It, mm-hmm. it never kind of, like, picked up for me. Um, but I will say, with Moxley having his first reign during the pandemic, I really did feel happy to see him come out in front of a full crowd, get to lift the belt, because if you remember, Moxley didn't get to do any of that. He, he carried, mm-hmm. him and Omega carried throughout the pandemic, but they couldn't, you know, Omega did get a couple of shows, you know, with fans in, but Moxley didn't get that. So it was exciting to see him, but the match, I, I would have swapped it. I would I would have honestly put Warlow and the confetti at the end of the match if I was mm-hmm. booking this show. Yeah, Jimmy, to Issa's point, I mean, for I mean, obviously they're not going to undersell the main event, but they're trying to make a big deal of this main event and how, how crazy it's going to be and how brutal. And there was far more rest holds than I anticipated in this mm-hmm. match. Yeah, I mean, it did get physical at times, but I think the crowd told you everything you needed to know in this match. And you talk about, to Issa's point, ending the show with that Wardlow match. The, uh, yes, I know it was the first match, so the crowd is pumped and ready and waiting. But at the same time, I think they would have been just as reactive in the last segment with that match, if it was Wardlow and and, and square at the at the at the end of the night, because I I wasn't getting that same response or feeling that same response or hearing that same response on television for that last match, which you should have been hearing, I yeah. think, because that is your uh, interim AEW champion uh, in that main event slot. And yes, he should be in your main event slot, but at the same time, you have to want you have to get people invested in what you're doing. And I think they try too hard to make it a a, a look snug as opposed to just well, having a good old brawl. Yeah, I mean, the match, it was what it was. You know, it was, to, again, mm-hmm. back to East, it was slower than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Here's here's where I guess we have to buck. Here's where I think we have to debate of what what what, what rule are we going by now? Because I agree. The ending, the money shot ending is the confetti and Wardlow and mm-hmm. ending on a title match that, that was unpredictable. For as hot as Wardlow has been, it was not a foregone conclusion as we talked about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. In this episode, that Wardlow was going to win it. There was plenty of cases that America Top Team could have weaseled their way out of it. Mm-hmm. So that would have, you know, and, and this, to, to, like like he said, it's predictable. We know we just need to set up some title defenses for Moxley. He's got to knock, knock some down. But AEW's philosophy seems like they are in the rating show. It seems like it is a lot like what WWE's is with Raw, which is front load that, especially front load the top of the show. People are tuning the top of the show, and they might not be hanging on by the end of it. Uh, obviously, Raw, they're definitely not. It's three hours, right. but AEW's on mm-hmm. two. So it's almost like it's it, it's Saturday night's main event philosophy. It's almost like if you get put in the very first segment match, that's the highest mark you could be given in mm-hmm. some ways. Yeah, but it felt like because of the pacing of the match, it just didn't feel right because the mm-hmm. show should start it should end hot then right you should have given me a more fast-paced action full match which isn't what we got here and and thinking and, and even to that point it's like you have the crowd half asleep for the second half of the show and now they gotta watch rampage so i can't wait to see what kind of reaction we're gonna get from this crowd or rampage because if they're going mm-hmm. into rampage after that they're gonna be dead yeah. yeah, and I get the and I get the ending, the the referee stoppage being more of a shoot style uh, st- uh, ending to a match. But at the same time, in the world of pro wrestling slash sports entertainment, I know how some of you hate that term, sports entertainment. 
uh, it just doesn't translate well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot to be debated, as we have done and will continue to do here. Uh, but that was your AEW Dynamite uh, hitting a few uh, comments here. Uh, Film Nation Wrestling Fan, Issa had a good time with your live stream. Love enjoying your live streams. Yeah, Issa, give give a plug. How can people uh, do the watch-alongs with you? They can go into – find me on YouTube, NYC Demon Diva, or Twitch as well. I, I go live on both and do um, watch-alongs for Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown. Very good. Uh, Chris – on Facebook, great show, guys. And Issa, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I don't know if this is our last super chat or not, but uh, <laughs> tornado throwing his one dollar bills on the mm-hmm. stage. Issa, that tornado threat level was at a six point nine. It was a six point nine when Warlow won, but by the end of the show, it was at a two. <laughs> Issa and her mojo. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Is tornado in Canada? Because if he is, then he's throwing those toonies around. Yeah, the loonies and toonies. <laughs> yes, loonies and toonies. Uh, you haven't you haven't lived until you've been to a a, a, a well. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cafe brother. Cafe. Yeah, never mind. Never uh, mind. <laughs> Derek says I can't wait for Claudio and Hager next week at Fighter Fest. Yeah, they had a little. Oh my break. god, they had a backstage segment, and I laughed so hard because Claudio said. You might be an undefeated MMA fighter, but I'm undefeated on AW. I'm like, bro, you've had one match. Like, I don't know that that's the right flex to use here. <laughs> and then Hager fired back, said, you've never been a world champion in ROH. You're never a world yeah. champion in WWE. You're not going to make it here. I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> Shots but, fired. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 was, it was one of those situations where uh, they had to uh, preface it. Pref- the right to, yeah, by saying that uh, they signed an agreement not to get physical during this face-to-face backstage. How civil of them. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, give us the plugs. Where can people the find plugs. you? Uh, they could find me here at uh, on Wednesday nights and on Monday nights talking about AEW's Dynamite and also Monday Night Raw with... Uh, with the good folks at wrestling Inc. You can find me on my social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, doing my daily refing rants, which is just a little critique. I find that I like to have a little fun with it's only a minute long. So uh, I have a little fun with those during the weekday and no Tony Chimmel. I don't do it on weekends. Uh, you know, sorry. And uh, yeah. And I just have fun watching wrestling. That's it. Isa, plug it up. Yeah. I already did the YouTube plug. If you want to see me cover wrestling in Espanol, which I leave it online. I'm back over there doing some interviews, which has been a lot of fun. And follow me on social media. That's awesome. She's bilingual and she's mm-hmm. she's using the skill. I love it. Uh, I'm at Justin Labar again. Big thanks to everybody. Of course, as always, I always encourage. Tweet me. Tell me where you're watching, where you're, how you're enjoying this this, this podcast, what we're doing for you. Um, that's always a thrill. If, if it's a if it's a good one and I have it saved, I'll try to give it some love here. We'll end on this super chat from Allison. She says both companies are going to be suffering when football comes around. In the ratings. Well, fall football is always a challenge, so we'll, we'll yes. see. How always happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. it always happens. So we'll uh, we'll see what's going to happen here uh, in the fall time. But for now, we're enjoying the summertime. Uh, that's it for tonight. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. The crew will be doing something after SmackDown. Uh, is there anything this weekend? There's no pay per view this weekend, I don't believe. Uh, no, oh God. <laughs> premium live event. Premium no. live event. No premium no. live event. Uh, yeah. So I guess my so I guess Friday will be the crew. Issa, you on Fridays this this week? I am. I am. Me, Glenn, and Alfred. 
All right, so cool. well, there's a trio to to to, yes. to party with, uh, and then we'll come back on Monday. Myself, Jack, and Jimmy for Triple Monday. J. Triple J for Monday Night Raw. Ain't we great? All right, that's going to do it. Like, subscribe, do what you got to do. Be safe. Talk to you when we talk to you. Good night.